my dream the war stop in Yemen. This is my dream now. I don't have anything. I just I dream to stop the war in Yemen and I want after that I want to visit my family because it's six years until now. I didn't see my family. Then I will think how we can rebuild because by science we can rebuild our country. I'm your host, Hassam Ibrahim, and this is the Science in Exile podcast. In this series, we get an insight into the lives of scientists who are in exile, and we discuss how the past, present, and future of science can be preserved across borders. This podcast is part of an ongoing refugee and displaced scientist initiative run by Science International, a joint project by the World Academy of Sciences, the Inter-Academy Partnership, and the International Science Council. On today's episode, we have Iqbal Dukan, a Yemeni scientist in the field of biochemistry and an associate professor at the University of Oslo in Norway. Iqbal got a scholarship to do her PhD in biochemistry at the University of Kibansan in Malaysia. After her studies, she moved back to Yemen and was awarded several accolades. She was named one of the top female scientists in the developing world by the Elsevier Foundation and was given the Sema Foundation Award for Early Career Women Scientist in a Developing Country. When I returned to Yemen in 2013 after a scientific trip to take my PhD and I returned to Yemen carrying many goals or dreams with me and I hope to achieve them in my country to be among your family among your colleagues friends neighbors it's it's really different so uh, I was really thinking that okay I will not leave Yemen again so I decided to just um, achieve my goals and dreams in Yemen uh, because really I I want to do something for Yemen when I started to you know achieve my goals in my city I was so happy when I started working in a university in city of Taiz and this is my city I began to achieve the first goal of um, or I can say dream of opening therapeutical nutrition program all the people in city or in Yemen was supporting me to just just keep going on so i was so happy from all of this encouragement and i uh, received this silver uh, foundation award i organized the first nutrition exhibition in Yemen it was a big so many people visiting me in this uh, exhibition but unfortunately it was the last my academic activity in my city or in Yemen after one semester of opening this program the war began in Yemen and the university was closed the situation began to break down i have a big family uh, we all lived in uh, same area and same city but when the war started in 2015 my family was uh, despaired due to the displacement because of uh, continuing bombing in our area our house was uh, destroyed and i lost nine members of my family from my father's side i lost my job i lost also friends colleagues students and the condition was very bad no security no work no electricity no internet no oil and even no clean drinking water yes it was very bad i stayed at home for more than 8 months without work and my research work stopped and because of uh, no salaries in yemen 
the economic situation of my family was really so bad, especially since we were uh, living in a rental apartment after we fled uh, our area and our own home bumped. I decided to look for uh, an opportunity to get out of Yemen. And it was not easy at all. I need to continue my scientific research and also to help my family in Yemen. So I was lucky that uh, I managed to go out from Yemen uh, before Sana'a airport closed. And I was lucky that my former supervisor in Malaysia, she supported me to contact with Square Rescue Fund in US uh, to um, supporting me and give me another opportunity to continue my academic uh, career in uh, Malaysia again. Do you remember some of the thoughts that were going through your head as you were flying out of Yemen? Yes, I remember what I was thinking very well. I was thinking that the war would be over soon. So I said to myself and to my family also, I will back soon. Just wait for me. I will back soon. I was wrong because I didn't see my family since I left Yemen in the end of 2015. If you could go back now and say something to that version of yourself, what would it be? Never give up. You had already studied in Malaysia before the war, uh, but did you have any difficulties assimilating into the culture? Yes. Um, when I moved to Malaysia, I'm familiar with everything in Malaysia because I was there before and Malaysia is a Muslim country. Uh, I think we have uh, several same culture between Yemen and Malaysia. So I didn't face any difficulties or challenges to continue or to stay in this host country. But when I moved to Norway, it's really big difference between Yemen and Malaysia and Norway. When I came to Norway, I came with half of my project, what I was working in Malaysia, because I couldn't finish it. So I told myself, okay, I will go to Norway, it's the best place, I will continue my project there, and I will start new project, I will do, I, I just, I came with a lot of dreams and goals, but, you know, I was shocked when I came here, they have a different way to work, they have uh, their own culture, they have academic, different academic culture to work, so it takes from me I think six months just to adapt and um, uh, I attended courses how to work with Norwegian people I studied uh, their language Norwegian language um, yeah it's not easy we have to work on ourselves we have to accept uh, the different you know uh, traditional different culture different different place we are moved to Refugee scientist, displaced scientist, or um, scientist in exile, which status do identify with most, if any at all? And also, how do you feel towards that status? I can just say that uh, I'm mixed of all of them because the war started. So I have to move to another place. Lost many things in my life. And after a few months, I should leave Yemen again because I have to do that. I have to continue my academic journey. I have to support my family and then a jumping from country to country, from Malaysia to Norway and inside or within Norway from city to city. So, and I don't know what I will do in future. And if any organizations will help you to continue your academic journey in safe place, maximum they will give you two years. So even you have projects you want to continue or complete, you can't. 
So you are not stable. You have to move from country to country, from institute to institute, from uh, place to place, or from city to city at the same country. And this is displacement. And I cannot back to Yemen because the bad situation in Yemen. And because if I want to go even to visit my family, it's not easy at all. What was the scientific community like in Yemen before the war started? The scientific situation in Yemen in general before the war lacked support from the competent uh, authorities and there was a lack of many laboratory equipment and materials, but it was much better than the current situation. At the beginning of the war, many scientific uh, institutes were destroyed and some students and academics were killed in the war. The situation was dangerous. So many of them had to flee and migrate either to other safer cities or to different countries around the world to be as a refugee scientist or uh, science uh, at risk or whatever. Most of the scientific institutes uh, stopped for a while. And when they reopened, they were no longer what they were before due to the lack of uh, academic staff and uh, the interruption of electricity and internet. Also, the number of the students was no longer the same as before. Are you still in contact with any scientists who are still in Yemen? Yes, I'm uh, in contact with some researchers and academics in Yemen. And uh, they are suffering uh, from uh, the difficulty of working in scientific research and also from the difficulty of life in Yemen because of the war. And uh, some of them wish to get a job opportunity outside Yemen and to support their family. But as we know, it's not easy to find this opportunity. Uh, I usually just advise them or some of them, please uh, just keep trying and everything is possible. Do you have any advice for initiatives that could help early career researchers in places of conflict such as Yemen? I just can say that uh, they need someone to take care of them in this difficult situation. For example, some of them need to continue their academic study because of the war they stopped. And my sister, she was in the end of her master, but she couldn't finish her master because of the war. And there is a lot of PhD students, they cannot complete their study. And some of them were, were outside of Yemen. They have scholarship from the government, but because of the situation, they couldn't finish their study. So what I can say that they need to continue their academic study and some of them need to get a job opportunity to continue their scientific research in a safe place. And this is the most important point for them. One of the main aims of the Science in Exile project is to preserve science. That means meeting different needs in different countries. What would you personally say are some of the things initiatives like Science in Exile could do to help preserve science in Yemen? organizations, they can uh, support some institutes in Yemen to just uh, start or reopen again their academic work. If there is square uh, at risk or refugee scientists from Yemen, uh, not just in Yemen, outside Yemen, they need to continue their academic journey and the organizations they can uh, support because with science, we will rebuild our country in the soon future.
thank you, Dr. Iqbal Dukan, for being on this episode and sharing your story with Science International. This podcast is part of an ongoing refugee and displaced scientist project called Science in Exile. It's run by Science International, an initiative in which three global science organizations collaborate at the forefront of science policy. These are the International Science Council, the World Academy of Sciences, and the Inter-Academy Partnership. For more information on the Science in Exile project, please head over to council.science slash scienceinexile. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented by our guests do not necessarily reflect the values and the beliefs of Science International.